It is your Locked On SEC football podcast. A ton to get to today. Alabama's running game, well, non-existent. Also, we'll talk Georgia and the fact that they are more physical. Does that close the gap a bit? Uh, What is LSU doing differently on offense from a schematic perspective? We've seen the points, but maybe you haven't seen the games. And Chris Landry's game balls he will hand out from this past week of uh, football. So, Go to LandryFootball.com to learn more about the NFL, learn more about college, learn more about recruiting, coaching moves, the whole nine yards. It's right there at LandryFootball.com. Brought to you in part by Vivid Seats. Man, it is unbelievable with Vivid Seats. You can watch your favorite teams and artists perform in person, and you earn credit back on all purchases made through the Vivid Seats app via the Vivid Seats Rewards Loyalty Program. How about this? Customers can earn from 10 to 16% credit on all your purchases uh, through the app. So get the app today. Vivid Seats offers great prices and an easy purchasing experience and that in-app loyalty program, Vivid Seats Rewards. So get the Vivid Seats app. Go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats app and then you're automatically enrolled in the Vivid Seats Rewards loyalty program, and you'll enjoy credits on all your purchases as part of the Vivid Seats Rewards. All right, here we go. Uh, Let's talk some Alabama. Gosh, the program is raised to the point, Chris, where they could beat everybody by three touchdowns, and still you have questions uh, about the direction that they're going. And you and I have talked throughout the preseason and into the season about how you believe that Alabama wants to be a more physical running team, but no, they have to rely on Tua Tungavaola for 444 yards in the passing game this past weekend. Is this the direction Nick Saban wants to go? Because based on his comments, I, I don't believe it is. Well, you know, just look at the standard that they have. I mean, anything short of winning a national title, not getting to the playoffs, not getting to the championship game, but anything other than winning it is deemed a a failure and not success. And so with the standard being so high, it's, it's, you know, certainly kind of poking and prodding and seeing how good they can be. I think if you look at the team, it's an interesting dichotomy of, all right, look, they're built with a quarterback that can, throw it around successfully. They've got, they're built with receivers that four of them that can absolutely paralyze any defense and, 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 you know, score a ton of points. They, I think situationally will look at each matchup like last week against South Carolina. They thought they had real advantages with getting the backs out of the backfield. And so in the past, they've worked the tight ends more. They'll still work them some. So they've got a lot of matchups and a lot of advantages with their receivers, with their quarterbacks, uh, with their backs out of the backfield, that they're utilizing that, and correctly so. The It's difficult to serve two masters, okay? If you go back into the Alabama days of the past, there they were a run-blocking offensive line. They worked play action and very often run action, that slow down pass rush. And so they threw it, but they threw it off the running game and they were built with that. Now they're built differently. They're built around the passing game and they're trying to figure out a way to run it. 
it's not easy to sit there and, and have an offensive line that's constantly retreating, retreating, retreating in pass blocking mode, and then have them come off the ball and be physical. So the only way to do it is to make a concerted effort, is to just do it, be more focused on doing it, and emphasize it more. Now, in doing that, you have to be careful that if you're not having the success, that you've got to go back and do whatever it takes to win games. And I realize they've not played a team or a schedule that was, you know, a threat to cause them a game, but they're getting into, you know, the type of games where it could become more and more of a factor. So can you imagine in their efforts to say, we're going to run it. That's what we're going to do. We're going to emphasize it, emphasize it. And all of a sudden they go into the fourth quarter and maybe they're trying to come from behind to pull a game out. And maybe a ball bounce is funny and they lose a game to South Carolina or an A&M or somebody that they probably should win by 17 or more that that becomes a much bigger problem. So it is, it is an interesting dynamic. We need to watch. I, I do believe that for them, to be successful, they need to be more effective with their four-minute offense. The the ability to come off the ball, run it, because right now they're running it. They're running it out of some spread looks. They're getting good angles, and they're you know they didn't have a lot of rushing yards, but they didn't really have a lot of rush attempts. You know, so it's it's going to come down to emphasis. I don't know if because I think there's a need to to improve in that area doesn't mean that they will be effective doing so. They may have to win, you know, this way. This may be what they need to do. Um, we shall see. And is it good enough to win a national title? I, I don't know. I mean, um, they certainly are in the mix, but we're not going to have those answers to January. And obviously, whether you win or not is not just due to you. It's due to how well you play relative to what other people are doing against you. So, I think it's going to be real interesting, Dave, and and I don't have the answer other than when I watch them. No, they're not a dominant run blocking team because they don't do it. They just they don't do that, and much in the way that they were not what you'd call a real dynamic passing team when they were winning titles with the run game. It's just that last year they got beat. They got beat by twenty. They were they were physically manhandled by Clemson, and that brings about a sounding alarm. It does not mean that if they do it the same way they did it last year, that they're going to lose. Cause I don't know that Clemson is as good as they were last year. Well, we shall see on all that, but it, it does bring out an interesting point. And as it relates to Georgia, well, Georgia hadn't really played anybody yet. And Georgia is definitely the more physical of the two. They're better at coming off the ball and emphasizing the running game. So it is interesting in that, you know, everybody talks about, well, they're the same they don't look the same. Their roster and how they do things are interesting, but the offense and currently constituted is quite a bit different. And and Georgia is the more physical of the two. Does it mean that they beat Alabama? Well, we probably got into uh, the what first week of December. You know, the, the I don't have the date in front of me. Or the, probably got the, the the conference championship game to you know to figure that out if if that game is the game, which I, I still think is probably the favorite. Well, I want to ask you after this, um, including Clemson, including uh, Georgia and Alabama 
and maybe a team called LSU, how would you seed them just based off what you've seen on the field this season? I know what you thought going into the season, but I want to get your thoughts on uh, if you would reseed or make any changes. Stay tuned. More after this. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Booker. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. So I know what you thought about um, the the entire nation heading into uh, this season. Uh, and to paraphrase, correct me if I'm wrong, but you kind of had uh, Alabama, Clemson, uh, then Georgia, and then a bunch of other teams battling it out. Um, and I'm, I'm curious if you had to reseed them based off what you've seen just just on the field, not what you've heard and not what you've seen via practice tape, how would you reseed them the top four or five teams in the nation right now, if at all? I probably wouldn't. It's just, just not enough games to justify changing it because, you know, for example, um, I think Alabama's fine. We talked about maybe the need to kind of focus um, – in the run, but they've been really solid. They're also had the injuries on defense and they're even younger and younger. Clemson hasn't been real sharp. Uh, they've been explosive. Georgia hasn't played anybody. I, I would say if there's one thing that has changed, it would probably be that Ohio state looks really good, uh, in nationally. So I would probably say that Ohio state is entered the mix that they're clearly one of the four best teams in the country. I don't, I don't, I don't have any doubts about that at this point. Um, you know, I, I just, I just need to, and, and, and again, of course they haven't played a, a tough schedule either. So we shall see on that, but they, they have maybe surprised me with LSU. Uh, certainly the hype train is big on them and there's no doubt that they're showing some impressive things on offense. And I think they have uh, every reason to believe for me that they can go into the Alabama game unbeaten. I really believe that. But we need to see them do it, and we need to see there again their four-minute offense and how they're able to prove. So I would say um, Ohio State's a little bit better than I thought they would be. Maybe LSU's offense has proved something to me that I thought they might be able to do but wasn't sure. And everybody else is about – kind of how I thought I would actually say that Clemson has been, um, um, you know, a little bit of a step back offensively. I mean, I, if they're not getting the type of play that the consistent play out of the quarterback position, not that I'm questioning their ability to be there at the end, but right now, cause I don't think their schedules going to, going to cause a type of resistance, but like even against Syracuse Saturday, I mean, they dominated Syracuse but they just didn't play as clean a game as, as I think they're capable. So I, I think it's really early, Dave. I, I really do. And just I know it's early in the schedule, but I haven't seen enough good versus good. Like, for example, I like what George has done. They haven't played anybody. So I'm curious to see what they do against Notre Dame. I suspect it's going to be really good. But I think we're going we're gonna, to – and it's a good little exercise to have probably next week, maybe a couple of weeks as we get into more and more of the schedule. But I would say right now, 
um, that uh, Clemson and Alabama and Georgia, uh, Oklahoma still deserves to be in the mention. And I would put Ohio State in that group as well. LSU, certainly, I would say there's – so I think there's a six, and I think there's a drop-off there. I think there's there's quite a bit of a drop-off. But, you know, LSU is in that same, you know, division with Alabama and in the same conference as Georgia. So for all the talk about maybe the SEC is not as good top to bottom, they still have three of the most talented teams in the country. I just don't know how LSU is going to fare going up against Alabama or against Georgia – but they'll have the opportunity. They've got the path in which to be able to prove it. So we'll see in time. I know a lot of people focus on on their <laughs> favorite team. Uh, you're in the Baton Rouge area. For those that haven't sat down and watched a game uh, beginning to end and just seen some highlights, what all is LSU doing differently? Because it looks vastly different from what I've seen. Well, there are a couple of things that they're doing real definitely. Obviously, in the general sense, what they're doing with the offense is let, let's put it first where it's most important is they've got a quarterback that is a gym rat. I mean, he's basically a graduate student and he spends all of his time, you know, he's taking, I think, a correspondence class. He spends all of his time in the facility looking at film. He's a coach's son. He loves it. He's just, he's a leader. He's a tough guy. And he's smart, and he grasps everything they're trying to do on offense, and so that's a big part of it. Now, it's a good concept that they can they can have him be successful because of who he is. But what they're doing schematically is they're spreading people out. They've got good receivers, got the trigger man, but they're they're spreading spreading the people out horizontal defenses out horizontally and vertically. And they're attacking in gaps. So basically, they're getting you spread out. They try to get you moved up, and they throw you throw throw over you, and then they try to um, move you back a little bit so they can work underneath you. So what they do is they they basically the old theory of well, takes what the defense gives you. What, the, what that really means is the defense has to make some decisions about what they're going to try to take away. And what they're doing is, okay, we've got to take those receivers as best we can out of the game. So we'll play a lot of cover two. Maybe we'll play some cover three. We'll play some uh, two deep man under, some cover one. And, and what they'll do in those situations is they'll try to make sure they'll take away the crossing routes and the out routes. Well, then what they'll do is they'll run a lot of out and ups and they'll try to attack you vertically, get you out of that cover in a co- against cover two. They're not going to do that, but they're going to try to get you out of that and then work you vertically, get you vertically, and then they'll dump it underneath. They'll work the backs out of the backfield better than they've done before. They'll even work the tight ends out of the slot a little bit more. So a couple of things in general. They're working tempo to their favor, not something they've ever done before. It's been a huddle. It's been run game. It's been play action. Now it's about some quick huddles, some sugar huddles, some line of scrimmage stuff, getting people getting to the line of scrimmage before the defense can set. And they will, they will attack with the short passing game, the mid-range passing game, the vertical passing game, and kind of mix and match with it depending upon where you want to declare defensively what you're going to take away. And it's worked very, very well and obviously attack folks. And against the one decent team that they played thus far in Texas, they, they, the pace kind of led to the defense getting into a little bit of trouble. The other teams, uh, although Georgia Southern we know can have a 
challenging uh, offense to prepare for. They got nothing against LSU. So I think the, the interesting factor going forward with LSU is how will their defense look now against Auburn, against Florida, and we'll see with Florida, with, with Kyle Trask, uh, Emory Jones, um, maybe this Florida offense will be a little tick better. We'll see. But I think that Auburn and Florida's offenses are a work in progress. And I mentioned those two teams because that's the first, you know, kind of the big challenges within the league play that LSU is going to face. Defensively, they should be able to match up well. Um, but against, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, against uh, an Alabama down the road, is that going to be a shootout game? Is that, how's that going to be played? So I think what I want to see is how, how well they're able to play defensively and, and maybe work ball control to their favor and not be just two-minute offense, spread you out, but be able to work the running game a little bit more. I, I think that they're, that's what they're doing. They're very multiple in what they're doing it, but make no mistake about it, Joe Brady's got his input. Uh, Steve Insminger has a good idea and concept of what to do and when to do it, but they're putting a lot on this quarterback and this quarterback can handle it. So I think this is a special LSU team because of the quarterback and the confluence of this system with the quarterback. They're one and the same. I don't know how sustainable it is down the road, but this year I think they've got a special look. So coming up, we've got some game balls with uh, Chris Landry at LandryFootball.com. Locked on SEC Football Podcast. Game balls next. You are locked on SEC Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. With Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker, Locked On SEC Football Podcast. All right, let me ask you this. Uh, Game balls, you've had a... A couple of days to go back and look at all the tape, and that's what Chris does at LandryFootball.com. So it's not based off stats. It's based off of film grades. So who stood out to you? Who gets Landry's game balls from this past week? Well, I tell you what, there. Um, you know, I, I thought that uh, Larry Roundtree had a really good week this week um, at, at running back. I thought Tua had a really good week at quarterback, but – I want to give some credit to a couple of Arkansas guys in a win. Um, Raheem Boyd ran well. Cheyenne O'Grady, um, if you haven't seen that run after a catch against Colorado State, I don't know if it's uh, – well, you can catch the highlights. Or I don't know if they YouTube that stuff, uh, whatever. But check that out. It's an impressive run. It's maybe as impressive a run. Uh, and, of course, Najee Harris gives great uh, – um, challenge to that with that that run that he had was outstanding. Then I thought Ty Clary uh, graded out well at center for the Hawks. So good performance for them against a, a must win against Colorado State. Devontae Smith was outstanding. Henry Ruggs was outstanding. Um, Terrence Marshall was outstanding at receiver. Uh, two Alabama guys, an LSU guy there. Um, I thought the tackles that stood out to me were Andrew Thomas again at Georgia. Uh, Dredrick Wills of, uh, of Bama did a good job. Ben Brown did a nice job. Um, I thought the Kentucky offensive line played very well, led by Logan um, Steinberg. Um, I, I think defensively, I want to start in the back end. I thought that uh, Roger McCreary did a really good job. I thought the, um, the Florida secondary did a good job, particularly Elam and Davis uh, in the Kentucky game. 
Uh, Nigel Warrior really did a good job for the Vols. Uh, I thought Tyson Campbell did a good job in sub packages inside and outside uh, coverage for um, for Georgia. Errol Thompson is an underrated linebacker for Mississippi State. Cash Daniel really did a nice job for Kentucky. Uh, up front, Jonathan Greener, the Louisville transfer, continues to play very well for the Gators. Anthony Jennings was really good. Um, and I think uh, Whiteside did a good job for Mizzou. And I tell you, Ole Miss's uh, Ryder Anderson's had a really good uh, couple of weeks. So uh, those are the, the game balls that I handed out. Um, certainly a little special game ball for Najee Harris. And, um, and again, uh, Shan O'Grady for that uh, impressive runs uh, for both of them had this past week. Yeah, that's, that's a reminder that there are some running backs in the SEC. Uh, that- a, lot, a lot of good ones. That Najee Harris run was uh, probably one of the top ten I've, I've seen in my life, um, and I'm not uh, I, I'm not exaggerating. That was unbelievable. He's Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. We, we will talk to you tomorrow. We'll begin to break down the news of the week. We'll get into matchups from this upcoming weekend. Of course, that huge matchup with uh, Georgia and Notre Dame. So for Chris Landry, I'm Dave Hooker. You're locked on SEC Football Podcast. Have a fantastic day, everyone.